Well, good morning, family. How you guys doing? Oh, wow. Wow. Post-Fourth of July feeling good, huh? You guys have fun this weekend? Yeah? Man, I had so much fun. My name is Mike Torres. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethany, and, and I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Um, what I wanted to do real quick is just to, to, to introduce you to a couple people um, in my life before I get started. Um, I, I recently came on staff. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, um, I would love to meet you after the gathering. I'd love to meet you right here in this foyer, um, but be aware my coffee breath may be on point this morning, so uh, just, just stand back, high five, step back, you know, we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, I think you'll survive. Um, but I did want to introduce you to somebody. If you guys could put that picture up on the screen, that'd be awesome. Uh, I don't think they're here this morning, but this is my family. I just wanted to introduce you to them. My wife, Eberly, my two kids, that's Cadence, my daughter, who's three, and she is like going on 13. She's crazy. Please pray for me. Um, I'm dead serious. Please pray for me. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, that's my son. Uh, he'll be five at the end of August, which is weird. Um, I have a five-year-old. And then that's my dog. Um, so, so that's that. I just wanted to introduce you to them. Uh, my wife loves y'all, and uh, she's excited to be a part of this family, as, as am I. And so uh, I wanted to give her some FaceTime. She's the best, one of the best things in my life, and, and so I had to give her some FaceTime. She's probably going to hate me for this. Uh, she'll be here second gathering, so she'll... She won't expect it. I love it. I love it. I did want to say uh, thank you to, to Pastors Brian and Kasha. Will you guys give it up for our pastors, please? Come on. Thank God for what he's given you. So good. I'm thankful for our pastors. Um, it's not just the thing. Here's what happens. Okay? Communicators get up here, and what they do is they think that's like an MO, right? That's normal. But this isn't normal. I, I'm thankful for our pastors, and, and I mean it with sincerity in my heart. Um, and I hope you're just as thankful as I am. Um, we have amazing leadership. I'm telling you right now, we have amazing leadership. They go through hard things. You, you pray for your leaders. Okay, our pastors are awesome, but they need prayer. Okay, so pray for your leaders. Thank you um, for, for really just accepting the crazy that is me uh, and saying yes and allowing me to, to move up here. Um, I'm thankful to be here. I'm the family life pastor, so what that means is I get in trouble with the next generation. It's absolutely a blast. How many of y'all love our kids? Come on, you love our next generation? All right. Man, 9 o'clock, a little lively. Okay, all right. I love our, our next generation. I think um, there's some powerful stuff residing in our next generation. Uh, we're in a series called Letters to Leaders. How many of you guys have enjoyed it so far? Anybody? Come on, we talk about being fun week one with Pastor Brian, right? How many of you know Pastor Brian is truly fun? Have you spent any time with this man? He's hilarious. He's fun. You never know what's going to happen, and that's part of the fun. I love Pastor Brian. Um, Pastor Scott did do a great job last week talking about executing with excellence, and, and my favorite part about that is we can get so caught up in what we do, but what he did is he brought it back away from what we do and brought it back into our heart, into our personality, into who we are. We need to have excellence in spirit, and as a result of that, God invading that, what we do then matters. What we do is something that we can, we can focus on and give glory to God with. And so I was su super thankful for that. We're actually uh, breaking down our values as, as a church. I don't know if you know this, our values. They are the railroad tracks that get us to where we're going. They're not why we do what we do, but they're how we get where we're going, the way in which we need to get there. And so we have several values as a church that are super, super important if you've never heard these. But we take steps together. We love authentically. We live generously with our time, talent, and treasure. 
We invest in the next. That's not just the next generation. That's anyone to come, anyone that needs to take a step. We invest in the next. We share our story. That's our story about what God has done in our lives. We share that. That's called a testimony for those of you who may not know. We share these things. These are values. This is how we do why we do. And then we, we of course, are fearless leaders. How many of you enjoy the value of being a fearless leader? Yes, somebody? Okay, three of you. Awesome. We're going to pump you up today. Fearless leadership is amazing. It's an acronym that has been given to our church. It's phenomenal. But it's really how we get where we're going. The first two we already spoke about, the F in fearless is fun. The E is execute with excellence. And today we're going to be talking about aware. But real quick, it's also relearn, love, encourage, serve, and spirit-led. So what I want to do really quick is just pray and ask God to come right in the, front of the forefront of this thing so that I could just get out of the way and he can bless the rest. Cool? You guys with me? You got, come on, give me some bobbleheads, people. Okay. I'm from a next, like, yeah, I'm next gen if you can't tell, okay? Just, just stick with me. All right, let's pray. Pray with me. Don't just stare at me, okay? God, we thank you for who you are. It's who you are that changes our lives. It's who you are that we have the right to encounter you. You're a loving, awesome, just amazing God, all-powerful, present in every moment of everyone's life. It's hard to fathom, but that's who you are. And so we're thankful that we can have a real relationship with you, each and every one of us, at the exact same time. So God, meet us today. Help me get out of the way. Help me to communicate what you've asked me to communicate and nothing else. God, I thank you for today and the awareness that you're going to bring to my life and my friends in front of me. In Jesus' name, if you want it, everybody said amen. amen. Awesome. Okay, a couple things to get out of the way real quick, okay? Just be, okay, a couple things to get out of the way. I am bald. In high school, it was by choice. Now it's not. That's just where I'm at, okay? All right? Some people are confused. They're like, hey, did you, is something going on? Like, what happened? No, I'm just bald. That's, that's just what it is, okay? All right? It's just the truth. I also am, am super short. <laughs> yep, yep. I get to work with, with youth, though. They won't let me work with anybody else, but I get to work with youth, so it just kind of makes sense. You know, I get to survive. Although Gabe and Josiah are, like, towering over me, and it's kind of intimidating. So I have to kind of give them a check every now and then just to keep it right. Um, thirdly, I'm a bit different. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I grew up in California and uh, moved to Florida when I was about 19, 20 years old. And uh, I'm just weird, you know? I am. I'm different as a result of being in those places. And here, here's what the problem is. People think California and Florida are just so cool, so they think my weirdness is cool. That's not what it is. I'm just weird, all right? It's okay. I'm aware of my weirdness. I'm aware of my awkward. I'm aware of the baldness and how if I angle it just right, I can blind the front row. Like, I'm aware <laughs> of how these things work, you know? I'm aware. It's okay. It, I'm aware. But I think um, as I look over my life, God has done some tremendous things in my life. I've been through ups and downs. I've been through some really dark moments, but God has done tremendous things. And I don't know if that's the same for you, but I've had some successes in my life. And so I'm actually going to go somewhere in a second. So I'm not bragging on myself, but I just want to set up a point here. I, I was a, a four-sport athlete going through high school. I played sports all my life, and I was very active, and I rock climbing, like just crazy things. I'm not like Gabe where he does like, like crazy stuff, but he like backflips off of cliffs and stuff like that. I, I like love my life. I don't want to end my life. <laughs> so I, I do uh, a lot of physical activity, okay? And I've, oh, I always have. 
And going through high school, I was a, I was a ranking pole vaulter, so I, I was, it was awesome. And, and I actually became a firefighter EMT after, after high school. I really enjoyed that and, and the physicality and really get, getting in that with people and, and helping people. And, and I found some success there. And, and then I ended up stepping into uh, some leadership and communicating and, and pastoral leadership. And, and I love that. And I've, I've gained some successes there, some successes there but it, it hasn't always been that way. Um, throughout all the success, there's always been something that has been missing, and I didn't really understand what. I don't, I don't know how many of you um, understand how Florida works, but every mile, I don't know if it's the, this way here, I'm new, I'm the new guy, so forgive me. But every mile on the freeway, there's a mile marker. And so my wife would often uh, call me, because I had a 45 minute commute when we lived in Florida, and she'd call me and ask me what mile marker I was at, and I would tell her. And she called me one day, she said, hey, what mile marker are you at? And I said, um, I'm at mile marker, um, hold on. Uh, I'm at mile marker, okay, I'm at mile, I can't see the mile marker. <laughs> I'm driving, <laughs> actively driving behind the wheel, and I can't see the mile marker just off the lane I'm driving in. So I was actually kind of alarmed, kind of concerned that I could hurt somebody on the road, but aside from that, I get home and I realize I need to go to the optometrist. How many of you guys know the Justin Timberlake album cover, 2020 Vision? You guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you are confused. It's that, that RIARC, I don't even know how to say it, but it's the lens that the optometrist puts in front of your face. You guys know what I'm talking about? Switches all the lenses? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, some of you are Baba Heldon. Thank you. <laughs> so I get to the optometrist, I sit in the chair, and I'm like, I think something's up. And she goes, okay, let's figure it out. And she's sw switching all these lenses, and I'm in this moment of like frustration because I'm like, no, no, and now I have a headache. No, this is not any better. No, and I'm like giving this optometrist all this grief. I don't know why. And finally, she goes, oh, I know what you need. Okay, okay, I know what you need. And she switches the lens, and I was like, what? You're kidding me. I'm like seeing an HD for the first time in my life. Like 4K, 5K, whatever K. Like I can see. This is awesome. That's what color looks like. Oh, my gosh. Wow, doctor looks a little different than I thought. Okay. Like it's okay. Like it was crazy. It was crazy. The doctor goes, Man, you have what they call astigmatism uh, with something called myopia. Your eye is not perfectly round, and it cannot necessarily gauge depth perception. You've needed glasses your whole life. People, this was last year. Come on. I hope you're laughing with me, not at me. I'm going through life blind. That's what she told me. And so I'm a four-sport athlete, so the first thing I think to do is like, Mom, we have a problem. Like, you have failed me as a mother. Like, baseball would have been fun to actually be able to hit the ball rather than be hit by it. Like, I thought I was decent, but wow, Mom, what could have happened, you know? Like, I was blind. I went through everything, all of, all of my younger years, blind without knowing that I needed glasses. It was absolutely insane. You know, I was like, Mom, yeah, it would have been great to know, like, what my kids look like. <laughs> and now I can see their faces when they're talking crap, you know, like. I don't know if you can say crap in church, whatever. <laughs> so I, I just remember being like, Mom, you, like, you messed up, okay? Like, it, it is awesome now to know how, how exactly how beautiful my wife is. Like, it, it is awesome. I can brag on her, and it's great to know that, but. I think sometimes what we do is we go through life in that very same way I did in my younger years. I don't know if you guys can track with me, but we have things in our life that we believe we're seeing in the correct way, but I think we're missing things sometimes. 
I think oftentimes we go through life and we have this idea of where we're going or where we want to go and why we want to get there. But I think sometimes it's off. So I wrote this down. We go through life blind, with limited vision, and as a result, we miss so much. I don't know if you're like me, I've inadvertently hurt people in my life, not because of my lack of vision, although that may be true, but because of my lack of awareness to what I'm missing in my vision internally. We dismiss flippantly as a result of this lack of vision the important things. We unintentionally move through life missing the actual purpose. I wrote this down. This is the first note I would have you take, and I, it's not about me being important, the, the reason why you take notes. We think that the, the local church is the hope of the world, and as a result of what we communicate from platform is God's word. It's, being, it's so important, so if you write something down, it said that it, it helps you retain something 75% more. And so writing it down is just awesome, so take notes if you can. If not, okay, I'll judge you later. <laughs> just kidding. Church joke. But here's what I wrote down. We are simply not good at being aware of what we're not aware of. We're not. We're not good at being aware of what we're not aware of, right? We, we miss things. We, we make mistakes. We, we traverse life thinking we have the correct lens on our face, but we miss things. We often make mistakes. You know, uh, Malcolm de Chazelle, if you've never heard of this man, he's a painter and a writer, He passed away a while back. But he said this. I think it's hilarious. Monkeys are superior to men in this. (laughs) Again, youth pastor, forgive me. When a monkey looks in a mirror, he sees a monkey. I'm going to say that again. Monkeys are superior to men in this. When a monkey looks in a mirror, he sees a monkey. What happens when we look in a mirror? Oh, my gosh, boy, you're like 5'11 today. You know what I mean? Like, wow, you're so awesome, perfection kind of thing. No. Like, a monkey looks in a mirror and calls himself what he is, monkey. I think we look in a mirror and we don't know exactly what we're unaware of, and as a result, we don't know what we're unaware of. Often, we miss it. So why is awareness so important? Well, I looked at this, um, this study by this social scientist, uh, Tasha Urich. Absolutely phenomenal results. She interviewed and studied thousands of people, her and her team, and they developed this way to make sure that the bias of the individual was cast out of this study to to see real self-awareness in people. So just follow me real quick. She says, based on the study results, aware people are more fulfilled, they have stronger relationships, they're creative and confident, they're better communicators, less likely to lie, cheat, and steal. Isn't that crazy? They perform better in the workplace, they're more promotable in the workplace, more effective leaders with more profitable companies. That's a big deal. You know what she said? I thought this was hilarious. She said there's two types of people, those who think they are self-aware and those who actually are. Do you know the people? Okay, close your eyes real quick, everybody. Just close your eyes real quick. See if you're paying attention. Raise your hand. Eyes closed, don't cheat. Raise your hand if you know an unaware person. Lack of self-awareness. Okay. Open your eyes. Raise your hand if you need more self-awareness in your life. Anyone without their hands up? Everybody look around right now. Those are the crazy ones. 
I need more self-awareness. We all need self-awareness. She says this is so important based on the study, the study that she did. 95% of people think they are, they are self-aware, think they are self-aware. But she, she found the reality to be 10 to 15% of people are actually self-aware. How insane is that? They look in the mirror and they see themselves as they are not. This is what this means. On a good day, 80% of us are lying to ourselves about whether we're lying to ourselves. How hilarious is that? Can you find the truth in that? Okay, growing up, as you were younger, do you remember how unaware you really were? Come on, you were perfect, right? In your 20s? You knew everything? Okay, apparently not. It was just me. Okay, I get it. I get it. What I loved about this study is that it wasn't based on age, gender, category of work, race, nothing like that. No demographic content. It wasn't pulled from that. It was all based on a personal understanding of self. Here's what I know is going on right now, okay? Because I'm like a lot of you guys out there. Some of you guys are out there like, I'm aware, you know. I go to JR's. I have my, my back to the wall, my, my face, you know, faces the door. I know who's coming through. I know how to handle my business. Like, I'm aware. Like, I'm ready for anything. You know, I see the people walking by. You know, like, you, you're aware, right? Like, you, you have this, this angst about you to be aware and, like, handle any situation. This is not the type of awareness I'm talking about. This is not the type of awareness that Fearless is describing, and I've described it as this, okay? In our context today, I'm going somewhere, so bear with me. Our definition is this, a perception that enables you to better love yourself and others, allowing you to make a positive impact on both. Our definition is a perception. That's, that's the ability to see or hear or to become aware all right? A perception that enables you to better love yourself and others, allowing you to make a positive impact on both. It is not inappropriate to love yourself. You need to understand how loved you are by God in order to love anybody. It says that he has first loved you, and as a result, everything comes out of that, much like Pastor Scott talked about last week. The approach we often use, though, to examine ourselves is often wrong. People who are introspective, the study shows, were more often stressed People that looked into self for the answer. Is that not weird? Is that not interesting to you? For me, when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, when I, when I look into myself, I can get lost in myself. Like this introspection, the more I focus on those thoughts, the more stressed I can become, the more stressed we can become. The reason why is just that. It's why versus what. Listen just real quick. We were never meant to look into ourselves for the why of our life. When you do, you get lost. You guys tracking with me? We ask ourselves the all-important foundational question of why, and we get lost. We were never meant to gain our why, our purpose for life, our reason for being outside of God. So I don't know what brought you here. If you're here, someone said, hey, there's free coffee. Come hang out with me. And you, got, you were drugged here? I don't know. I don't know if this is just what you've been doing every weekend, but I pray that God would bring an awareness to the table beyond what we think because our lenses are missing. I pray that today he would heighten our awareness through himself. See, when we ask why through introspection, we miss it and we develop a faulty reason for being and a faulty purpose for life, 
and a faulty understanding of what the church should do, and a faulty understanding of what pastors should be doing, a faulty understanding of how the leader should impact my life. When we, when we do this and we introspect, we miss everything. And as a result, we, we inadvertently hurt people and we go through life stepping on things we shouldn't. We say things out of hurt. We do things that we know we shouldn't do. It, make, it, feel, it feels worse, but we don't understand why. It's because we're going introspective with the why rather than what God wants to do in our life. I wanted to read this real quick in Genesis 2-7. If you guys could flip there. Genesis 2-7, this is where God creates us. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. Everything about us comes from God. And searching for a why or a purpose outside of him is a messed up equation. We have to bring our awareness back to him. Our awareness has to come through him. The lenses of our life have to be seen through God. We have to look at him first and foremost. We often believe things are okay, correct, healthy, and even great, as was my case before I realized I was missing my vision. Everything was good. I found favor in my life. I was experiencing success, but I was missing the lens that was necessary for me to actually see what was happening around me. I think that's us often. So I plated up a huge need. We've come to this place where we understand that we are often blind and we need glasses spiritually. So what do we do? Well, we're going to look at 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy throughout this whole series, and Titus as well. And so really quick, if you could turn to 1 Timothy 1.1, I'm just going to express a couple things to you. Paul is writing this letter inspired by God to a young leader because he himself cannot get to this church that is in desperate need of leadership. And so he challenges Timothy to step up and to engage the church to bring it back to health. What had happened was the church had come out of the real plan for it. The church has veered away. They were no longer aware of the real goal. Some leadership had, had started to look into themselves for the why behind what they were doing. And they were missing it. Their lens was faulty. And as a result, they made the wrong thing the big deal. And Paul addresses this over First and Second Timothy very strongly. I love Paul. How many of you know, if you look at Paul's, re like read Paul about Paul and what he wrote, he is so sassy and I love it. Like he does not put up with crazy. He reminds me of like my grandpa. We call him the bear, if that gives you any idea. Like he does not play. And I love that about Paul. But even in the first moment of, of First Timothy 1, 1, Paul comes at this situation very hard, and here's how he does that. These letters that he wrote to Timothy should have been read to the church. That's how that worked. And so he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith. Time out. He is saying, hey, God sent this message to you, so you can't invalidate that. By the way, Timothy is my true son. He has the influence here, not the leaders that have gone awry. I love it. Super sassy. Okay, back in the back in it. Grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 
As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths or endless genealogies, such things promote controversial speculations, rather than advancing God's work, which is by... Okay, ready? One, two, three. Which is by... Faith. Has nothing to do with what you do, has everything to do with who you know. Right? Like what you do is secondary to who you know. Who you know invades your life. Jesus invades your life. God invades your life. And as a result, what you do then can become good. Scripture says that there's nothing really good in us. We have good ideas and good intentions, but when it comes down to it, it's hard for us to do good just because of how we're built. We have a sinful nature. But God comes into the midst, we engage with him, and as a result, everything we can do is then possible to be good if we have the right lens on our life. I love that. It's, it's by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. That, that word, sincere, sincere faith, sincere just means without any other motive. It's pure, with pure faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They, have, they want to be teachers of the law, but they, okay, sassy Paul, they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. What has happened to the leadership of this church? They've become unaware of what they're unaware of. They're missing it. They're a part of the 80% that are just like looking in the mirror thinking everything's awesome. I will not sing the Lego song, although it's going through my head right now. <laughs> Gosh. Pastor Brian, how do you do this with ADD? You know what I mean? I, I have the same thing, man. I feel you. We're unaware of the mission. They're unaware of the mission. They had forgotten. So what happens? What, why? What, Paul? Okay, how do we handle this? What does this look like? We can pick up in, with Paul in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, and he kind of gives us this well, here's what you can do, okay? Here's, the, here's, here's a way or an action step or an application that you can apply to the situation to make an impact. Here's what's going wrong in the church. They've come away from the awareness of the true goal, which is just Jesus, and letting him in, impact your life and everything else from that point. You can then change your action. The action's not the goal Jesus is. What do we do now? 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions... Prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For all people. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants who? All people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. I love that. Okay, three times already, Paul has addressed the point is Jesus. Up to this point in the letters to Timothy. The point is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus, 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 okay? Jesus is the point. And I love Paul for being sassy enough to mention it like three times. Like, guys, become aware of the real goal. This has now been witnessed at the proper time. For this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm, okay, Paul, I don't know why he puts this in there. I really did, I don't know. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. 
and the true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. I don't know why. He, it, it sounds like a little kid. It sounds like my daughter when she knows she did something wrong. Dad, I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. I'm being honest, you know? It's hilarious. Anyways, here's the first point. Here's our first application step, okay? If we're, if we're some, at some point unaware, if we're missing it at some points, what do we do? Pray, intercede, and produce thanksgiving. So I wrote this down. It's on your screen. Prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving is going to raise our awareness. Before anything happens in the physical, we must engage it in the spiritual. Do you understand this? It's how the kingdom of God works. We go to God, we ask him, he can impact our reality. The, the spiritual environment is just as real as our physical environment. We just don't access it and utilize it as much. So we have to go to God in prayer, in intercession, and thanksgiving. Well, what, what does this look like? First of all, these three things pertain to communication. That's what these three things pertain to. Prayer, communication with the Father. Intercession, praying in faith for yourself or another. As Pastor Brian was, was speaking a little bit ago, like interceding, the dry bones are right there, intercede on their behalf, and crazy awesome God things happen. Thanksgiving is this amazing portion. I actually looked this up in the original language. I'm going to butcher this, so please just bear with me. Yukashartitha. No idea if I said that right. I listened to it seven times, still can't remember. Okay. It's gratitude, the act of being thankful and full of gratitude. Actively grateful language to God as an act of, wor of worship, thankfulness. So we can, we can pray, we can intercede, and then we can go to God with thankfulness. It's an act. It's an action. Like, how many of you guys love going to the gym? Yeah. Brother Joel raised his hand. Pastor Brian raised his hand. I think two others of you raised your hand. It's, we don't love going to the act. Of the, it's not something we always feel like doing, right? Copy? Bobbleheads? Yes. All right. We don't always feel like going to the gym and lifting weights and running that extra mile and pushing ourselves. We don't always feel like it. It's an action, though. So here's what I began thinking about in, in, in context of this conversation today. Even if we do not feel thankful, we can be full of thanks. This is a way to raise our awareness through God. We can be full of thanks. Paul understood that we had so much to be thankful for. Why? Because he looks back on his life and Paul understood what he went through. He was Saul and became Paul. He was the worst of the worst, and now God was using him to do incredible things. Much like you and I. We've come out of things in our life that we can look back at and we don't necessarily enjoy. But God has brought us from that place. Whether you believe that or not, listen to me. If you're here and you don't believe that, I'm telling you right now, God has brought you to this moment right now. I'm thankful you're here. You were meant to be here today. God has brought you to this very moment for a very specific purpose. That's something to be full of thanks for. It's an action, not a feeling. Feelings get you in trouble. Feelings get you out of awareness and into unawareness. Over and over, Paul reiterated through 1 Timothy that for those who believe, not for those that do. Believe. Don't get stuck doing. It's interesting because the leadership of the church that he was writing to, 
Timothy was also, but he was engaging leaders that were trying to take down the church, that were telling everyone they needed to do in order to get to God. But Paul addressed it very strongly. He was bringing an awareness back. Again, a perception that enables you and I to better love ourselves and others, allowing us to make a positive impact on both. It's about belief. So really quickly, as we wrap up with two more points. In 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, Paul continues to engage this point of awareness, as far as I see it. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Did you catch the end of that? So they may take hold of the right type of life, not the wrong type of life. Like, be aware of what I really have for you as a result of doing good things. Of doing good. So point number two, pretty simple. Do good and share. That's what I tell my kids. So welcome. Well, you're welcome. I'm talking to you like I talked to my three-year-old. I don't know if you enjoy that or not. No, this hit me like a ton of bricks. Honestly, personally. Do good and share. This will raise our awareness. This will bring us back to the hope that God has for us. Proverbs 11, 24 through 26 says, One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I love that. That's a promise we can stand on. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Listen, share and do good. It does something to us when we engage with what God's plan for our, for our lives in somebody else's life. It does something to us. Here's a, same, a shameless plug. You need to get plugged in and serve. You think it's for somebody else. It's for you. Right? Okay, raise your hand if you serve in this church. Serve team. Thank you for serving. Now raise your hand, serve team, if you know that when you serve, something happens in you more than what comes out of you. Come on. Look around, people. These people have their hands up for a reason. Because God engages your life when you give towards his plan. In Matthew, it talks about giving up your life for his sake, and that word sake means his purpose. And when you do, you'll actually find life, the true life that Paul mentions. We need to get out of ourselves to do good and share. And when we plug into the mechanism that Jesus gave his life for, which we call the church, a community of people, not a building, when we plug into that, things change in your life. For you. He who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed? That goes for you too, ladies. I thought that was funny. Whatever. Okay, I have to hustle. I think, yeah, I'm over 22 seconds. My bad. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 10. Okay? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift God gave, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He's speaking to Timothy. For the Spirit of God gave us 
does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Or of me, his prisoner. Paul was in prison writing this. And leaders were starting to become ashamed of him. They didn't want to be associated with a prisoner. Rather, join me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death, thank you Jesus, and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Number three, last point, track with me. Reflect on what he has done more often than what you have done. Make it about what it should be about. And our, the lens of our life will come into focus. The, the awareness that we need in order to do what God's wanting us to do, it'll come into focus. See, it, the perception that enables you and I to better love ourselves and others and that helps us make an impact, that awareness comes through that right there. This idea or understanding of reflecting on him more than ourselves. So if you could do me a favor, if you can close your, close your eyes and just bow your heads all across this room. And this isn't a moment of bowing to a person on a platform. This is for you to get into a moment between you and God so that I can kind of fade into the background and just lead a prayer. I want to pray for several groups of people. Because Paul is sharing with us that this is what it's about, church. God is not going to contend with people making it about the wrong thing. He wants you and I to be aware of his plan, not our own. To not be introspective with the why, but to go to him and offer ourselves to hear why. If you're in this room and you would say maybe you've made it about the wrong thing, Maybe you've been unaware. You, the lenses of your life, the glasses were not on. Your awareness has slipped. With all eyes closed, all heads bowed, no one looking around, making this a private moment. If you would want prayer, you're just acknowledging, I want prayer, just slip your hand up. I need to make this about what it's truly about. I need to be reminded of the goal. I need to be reminded that it's not what somebody does that I should judge them for. Okay. Real quick before you pray, with eyes closed, heads bowed. If you're in this room and you're hearing about this awareness and being able to love ourselves and love others, this message is for you as well. If you may not understand a personal relationship with Jesus, you're in this space and you would say I need, I need to understand a relationship with, with Jesus I need to take that step I don't have that yet and you've heard throughout Paul's teachings that man Jesus came to save he came for you and he loves you and he wants you and he wants to know you and it's about knowing him not what you do 
What you do changes as a result of knowing him. If you're in this room and you would say, I need Jesus, and the opportunity to know God for eternity through Jesus, if you're in this space, just slip your hand up with all eyes closed. You're saying, I want Jesus. I see you. That is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I want to pray for both groups of people. You can put your hands down. God, right now, bring an awareness to my family, my friends, everyone under the sound of our voice. God, would you, would you bring them back to the real focus you have for their life? Would they not go introspective, God, and stress themselves out, but would they go to you and lay everything down at your feet and receive what you have? God, and for that second group of people that, that are making the best decision of their life, that was you, you want to accept Jesus in your life, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord and Savior. And so church, would you pray, everybody out loud, pray with me. Say, God, thank you for today. Today is awesome. God, you are changing me. Help me to bring an awareness to the sphere of influence around me to make it about Jesus and nothing else. So God, I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. That means leader and hero. I fully trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and defeating death. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you, guys.